Welcome to Epiphany Fellowships Podcast. My name is Dr. Eric Mason, lead pastor and founder of Epiphany Fellowship in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. Our desire is to see people everywhere show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can tune in every week to check out new messages. God bless you and take care. Amen. How many of you, that's a, that's a sentiment of your soul. Amen. 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 Let's uh, remain standing as we dive into the scriptures. Colossians 2, 14 through 20. One, two, three, go. Amen. Amen. For our time together today, I would like to talk about the gospel in an everything goes society. The gospel in an everything goes society. Let's go. Father, let's ramp up, Lord. Um, There are strongholds and things in the room and uh, influences in the room that need eradicated today. So whether people sit on their hands or they lift their hands, press into your people today. Break shackles and bonds. I come against it immediately in Jesus' name. And uh, your name, we want to rule in here and in our lives. And so, Lord God, make stuff clear in our life that's unclear. And help us to repent of those things that are very, very clear in our life that need change and transformation. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, oh God, our strength and our redeemer in whom we trust. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody agree with that said? You may be seated. The gospel in an everything goes society. Um, I get a chance to travel with my wife down to North Carolina. We'll drive and we will sometimes stop for gas. Um, and sometimes we'll stop in South Hill off 85 and... One of the things I like about stopping over there is they got this, during this, particularly the summer months, on the weekends, um, they, have, uh, they have these old school cars out there. I, I loved how, how, how those cats out there were old school cars, people showing off their cars. And um, some of, three of my favorites is a 67 Mustang. Uh, amen. Um, 
a, a, a Chevy Chevelle, a 69 Chevelle, and, and I like that that 1970 Roadrunner. That that thing is all right. Pop Mobley, only one in the room know what I'm talking about. And, and those are some nice, nice cars, um, old school cars. But one of the things um, I, I like is when I get up on a car and it's been restored well. Like you look at it and it's been restored back to what it was supposed to be. But what can irk me sometimes is when I go to a car that's restored is that they've put stuff on it that's not original. And, and when I look at it and they got all the all this other kind of wheels and they got switches on it and dudes going like this and the frame getting all bent. Some of y'all, y'all we East Coast, so we don't know what that is. But, um, but, 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 but it, it, you know, ride on one side and then inside they got fur seats and, you know, Fendi in the back seat, leather, like messes up the whole thing. Now, that stuff may look good as upgrades, but people don't realize if you add something to it that's not manufactured, mandated, it lowers its value. (laughs) Even though it may make you feel good, even though it may be comfortable, and it may may be up to date the way things are done today, but but, but it's not based on the way the manufacturer originally did it. And I'm convinced that Christians are not satisfied with the way the manufacturer has made your life. Many, many of us as Christians think that Jesus isn't enough and that there are a bunch of things that we have to add to our life in order to make our life up to standards for the day. One of the ways in which we see that is our embarrassment about being a believer. There's, there's not a, I didn't get no much amens at the first gathering. I'm, I'm prepared for an amenless sermon. Amen. And so, and what, one of the things that, that's interesting is because there's negative vibes out there about Christianity, where, where, where most false religions and and black mystery cults and different ideologies utilize Christianity as a mechanism to show off their ideology, what begins to happen is not only that, but then the bad forms of Christianity that's out there in the world politically, we tend to not cling to biblical Christianity, but try to push ourselves away from the culture's view of Christianity in the sense of not merely the view, but our uh, a lack of commitment to clarifying what biblical Christianity is so in order to keep friends and in order to keep relationships, we, we, we lower the voltage of our soul. And as we begin to lower the voltage of our soul, we're not on maximum. Somebody say maximum. Maximum. And see, what happens is, is we begin to want to fit in. And then you'll see what I'll talk about later called syncretism. And what we'll do is we'll try to blend Christianity with other things, thinking that Christianity is compatible with things that it was never meant to be compatible with. As a matter of fact, and we, we live in a society, I was talking to somebody the other week, that this, this is a season we live in where, 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 where telling someone they're wrong gets you rebuked. Like, we're not talking about being judgmental. We're not talking about that. We've taken that to its extent. So what happened is that when you try to tell somebody biblically that something's wrong, then what they have to do is they, they want to go off on you and counter-rebuke instead of repenting. And so, and so it's not, and so what I'm supposed to do is because you're so sensitive because of this church hurt that you don't really have, that you've taken on, because there's people in here that have church hurt, but there's people that don't have church hurt. And what some of us do is we absorb the culture of church hurt in order to dumb down spiritual authority and disciple making in our lives so people won't speak into our lives and tell us the necessary things that we need to know to grow. And so uh, 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 seasoned saints are tired of tiptoeing around your ego. 
We're tired of, it's, it's, it's tired of tiptoeing around how you're going to feel and whether or not you're going to leave and how you're going to feel. No, we're, 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 you, you'll go out there and hang with fools, but when somebody try to minister to your soul, look at you. You ready to, you ready to be mad and you ready to go on Facebook and make a long, I ain't talking about nobody. I'm just saying that sometimes you got a long blog and you got an IG live and you got, you go on Periscope and you go, you repost and all kind of stuff. And, and what ends up happening is, is you rebuke the very things in your life that you actually need to embrace. And so today, we serve notice that that is demonic and earthly. And so today, as we get in Colossians, we're not, Christianity is not one of the other patches on your jacket. This is not the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts where you can have co-patches on your shirt. Christianity is either your all in all or it's nothing. <laughs> it's all or nothing. And so when we look at the text, my man Paul, this is an ancient challenge. Stuff we going through ain't nothing new. It just got a new gift wrapper. But this is nothing new. Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. It just changes his gift wrapper. And so Paul is jamming up the Colossians is because they don't think Jesus is enough. Everything in Colossians boils down to them saying, Jesus doesn't come through, so I need something else when he doesn't. And so what he begins to do <coughs> is he begins preaching a cosmic Christ. You understand what I mean? I mean... I mean, you 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 understand what a what a what a what a cosmic something is. If you if you watch superhero movies, you got the neighborhood superheroes, and you know Spider Man, your friendly neighborhood Spider Man, and then you, you know you got Superman that flies in the air, and he's kind of global. But then you got like Silver Surfer, somebody come from outer space type, and just got more power than everybody. That's Jesus. Jesus is the cosmic one that got cosmic power that supersedes and oversees everything, your neighborhoods, your, your, your family, all of those different things. And he's trying to bang this into their heads. But what's happened is, is when you're part of a culture that gives you concession to say you can be a Christian just as long as you don't make the Bible more true than my truth. So you can, you, you, I, I mean, Jesus is a good example for me. He's just not who I trust in. But you can, you can believe in Jesus. That's truth for you. So that's the society we live in. And, but what slowly but surely happened is we started to operate like truth is personal, not universal. <laughs> so, 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 so let's dig in. I got three points today. Number one, if you're going to know that, the God, that, 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 that we need to preach this gospel in an everything goes society, number one, Jesus has eradicated the authority of the enemy in your life. <laughs> you must know, this is where it starts, that he has eradicated. Somebody say eradicate. Eradicated the authority of the enemy in your life. Look at verse 14. He said, he <laughs> erased the certificate of debt. Stop right there. Now, I don't know if you know it or not, but every time you sin, you racking up charges. Make it street level. You racking up mad charges. You understand what I'm saying? 
So let me make it plain. What it look like, right? When you rack up charges, it's like some, you get pulled over for a taillight, but you got a warrant out for your arrest for something minor. Instead of, you know, you, you get all out the car, which, you know, I don't know if you're certain complexion, you should be just doing that. But um, you got all out the car and start going towards the squad car. Like, what are you doing? You know, and then the, and then the police get out, and then you're like, you, he put your hands up, and you just keep coming forward. And then you're like, hold on, you grab the gun, and, you know, you're doing, all, you, 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 you're doing the most. You understand what I'm saying? So guess what? You just got charged not only with what you did, what you supposed to get charged for, but you get extra charges. And what happened is he got seven and eight counts of this and this and that and other counts. That's what we got against us. But what happened is, is that Jesus Christ on the cross got rid of all the charges. Now, you owed God because God demands a payment for sin. That's just how currency eternally works. But all of, none of us have the currency to pay for our own sins. So the Bible says he's erased the certificate of debt. So, so it's just like this, you know, um, I don't know if y'all, this happened to y'all when you was in college and, you know, um, a credit card comes in the mail. Help us God. And I had this, you know, coming for $2,500. said, your limit is $2,500. I was sitting up there like, wow, your boy, I ain't never had $2,500. And even with that credit card, I still didn't have $2,500. See, that's what you don't, you don't think of it like that. You, you just think of, I have 20, but you don't because you got to pay it back. So I just, you know, you know, I, I, you know I, I, I fly a little dude. I wanted to buy me some raw silk sweaters, you know, you know, some butter tails, you know, bam, bam. Look at him like, get at him like that. Whack out, whack out, whack out. I'm just going, I'm going crazy, you know. Now, I knew I knew that I had to pay it back, but, some, but somehow it just doesn't register when you got the closet and the stuff is hanging there. That stuff all out of style now. But, and then I got the paperwork from the company. And I saw those debts, and I couldn't pay them. Had a friend, um, he did the same thing. We was wow, 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 wow. We was going crazy. His mom found out about it. Everybody said, mm. <laughs> and he got his second statement back, and it was paid off. Because even though she knew he was wrong, she knew he had a crazy moment. But she said, I don't want this mistake to get in the way of why I put him in school in the first place. And so she paid off all of his debt, and he had nothing to worry about. That's what Jesus Christ did for us. He didn't just erase and put your certificate of debt in the shredder. He removed the debt so that putting it in the shredder would matter. And so what does this have to do with spiritual warfare? Everything. Everything. Look at what it says next. He says he's erased the certificate of debt with all of its obligations that was against us and opposed to us. So you don't realize when you're in debt to God, you're not in debt to Satan. Satan just uses your debt as a mechanism to accuse you. But he has, he doesn't have any rules. So, so, so you're not in debt to Satan, you're in debt to God, but Satan utilizes the debt against you because he helped you to get into your sin. 
because he don't want to tip you into it, and you went into it, you got to pay for it. He, he, he plays his role, but you got to pay for your own sins. So there are obligations that you have that come into play, which we'll talk about in a second. But he says, that was opposed to us, and he has taken it away by nailing it to the cross. So this is powerful. So Jesus Christ nailed to the cross all of your sin debt. Not only the sin debt, but the things that the enemy utilized to molest you while you were under that debt ratio. And so now, so, so now, no, so no, why is this important? Because of what he says next. He said he disarmed the rulers and authorities. I like that. So this is weird. Jesus gets hit, but he's disarming. You can't get shot and say you were disarming somebody. Jesus' death on the cross was him disarming the rulers and authorities. What is he doing? The way the enemy would normally work in your life to destroy you, the cross was the thing to remove it, and it was basically putting blanks in the enemy's hands versus hollow tips. Oh, my bad. That's hood talk. Um, I, that's the best plane I can make it. But, but, but what's interesting about this reality in disarming the rulers is it's kind of like, I, I like, you know, every now and then when I get a few minutes and I, I, I got this fetish of watching r robbers getting what they're supposed to get on YouTube, getting, getting owned, basically. So this one robber came up in the store. You know, he had the joint at the person, and the person was over the counter, and they, they opened the till. You know, they were opening Acting like no, the robber kept going like this over the thing, waving the gun and waving the gun and waving the gun. And the person was like, oh, you're going to wave that gun, huh? You're going to wave. Wow, grab the gun, turn it on. That robber <laughs> ran towards the door and thought it was pushing. It was pull, he was going and then got out of there because he thought he was going to get shot. And, and, and the guy says, robbers always seem powerful when they have their ammo and their stuff in their hand. But they never expect a robbery to have resistance. The, the, that's the same way it is with Jesus Christ. He disarmed the enemy so that when he died on the cross, the enemy thought that he was actually victorious over Jesus. But the Bible says he made a spectacle. I, I'm getting ahead of myself. What ended up happening is, is the very thing that the enemy thought was a tool of Jesus' destruction was actually a tool of the enemy's destruction. So in other words, as soon as the enemy, listen, as soon as the enemy, when Jesus Christ died on the cross, his weapons turned on him. And so the devil used to use sin and death against us, but sin and death now was coming after him. And so, and so in reality, we as believers no longer have to fear because we are submitting ourselves to weapons that are no longer having, a, are supposed to have effectiveness on us. So that means your spiritual warfare is already won because Jesus Christ not only gave you weapons, but he disarmed your enemy. Did y'all hear that? He not only gave you weapons, but he disarmed your enemy so that only your weapons should be effective against him. His weapons shouldn't be effective against you. <laughs> so he disarmed the rulers and authorities. But then he goes deeper. He goes deeper with this thing. Because when he begins talking about this next part, he not only says that he disarmed him, but next it says something powerful. It said he disgraced him. Disgraced him. Now, now I like one other translation. I can't remember what translation this was. 
But it's, it, 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 it's, it's interesting the way this idea is of damaging. Da- damaging someone's reputation, it means to damage someone's reputation by exposing an illicit action to public scrutiny. In other words, disgracing him means unveiling to you what a person is really like. Okay. See, many of us don't really know what the enemy is like. That's why we let him do what he want to do in our life. And and a matter of fact, many times we don't recognize that it is him. And so Jesus Christ basically pulled the veil off of our eyes of what Satan was like. Okay, y'all looking at me funny. I got to give y'all another illustration. So you ever had a close friend, somebody, you're ace, like you're ride or die, they say. You understand what I'm saying? Y'all go somewhere, they go. They ready to roll. I mean, you know, but, but, but your relationship ain't been tested yet. You know, you, you ain't never been nowhere and something pop off. You understand what I'm saying? See, 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 you ain't had a friend until you seen them when something pop off. You know, it's one thing for you to say, man, I got your back. Man, something pop off, I'm there, you know. Me, you, we, we here, all that, right? Well, let's see how when the pop offage comes. <laughs> let's, see, let's see how you going to roll with this, right? And so what ended up happening is something pop off. I, I remember, man, I used to hang with this dude. I ain't going to put him on blast. Man, a dude, we, we, we just started Catholic school. Now, you got to understand, D.C. in the crack era, you in Catholic school with a uniform coming home, like that was not the move. So we, we, I'm, I'm on Georgia Avenue by Safeway. Standing, standing there, we wait. We got our little, our little uniforms on it. We, they made us have briefcases. There's something like, y'all, y'all don't understand. Y'all understand. Something there with a briefcase, you know, standing there, my little glasses on, you know, you know. And I was sort of the dude. I wasn't a fighting dude, unless you back in me in the corner. Then hands would be on display. So anyway, so I, I was holding my briefcase. So it's like 30 cats coming down the street, 30 of them, saying, uptown, uptown. That song just came up, uptown, kicking it. They coming all down the street, 30 of them. I'm like, oh, snap. And you, we knew what that meant, so there was nowhere we could go. So they surrounded us. I had a big dude. I ain't going to say his name. He's big. We in junior high. We in, no, we was in high school. We was in ninth grade. Money was big. I said, oh, we, we, we may be able to get something going. Other dude was a little short, but I was like, we, we may be able to, you know. So, man, I'm standing there. All of a sudden, they surround us. I'm like, dang. They said, y'all better leave them alone because big boy, my boy, he's, you know, my, my dude, he's like, big boy may do something to y'all. The other dude said, the girl said that because, you know, the girl was just instigating. I hate that. I ain't saying nothing about women. I'm just saying she was instigating. So, 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 the, so, the, so the little leader dude said, big boy ain't going to do nothing. Is he big boy? Big boy said, no, you know him. I'm like, this dude here. But then all of a sudden, I said, all right, we'll fight, but I get one on. So I, so, so I was fighting the one dude. I was getting, uh, you know, we were fighting more. I, I was like this. I, I, got a, I, got, I got up a traditional stance, and I had my hands up, and Shorty was swinging. I was, I was doing that bobbing and weaving joint. Then I said, pop, 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 hitting money. They said, like, oh, no, then they all started jumping me. Then, and then, all, I ran, then they ran. My boys left me. And then I'm getting just, it's just like all I, all I see is this. That's all, I'm just like this. I run across the street and I'm gone. I found out. The next day, everybody's laughing at me when I get back to school. Saying Eric left us and we got jumped by ourselves. So I'm like, friends, huh? But friends are born in adversity. 
And see, on the cross, Jesus Christ showed you that the devil wasn't your friend. Because when you get in trouble, he leaves you. When you get in trouble, he leaves you out there. When you need help, he doesn't come get you. Because the devil is not equipped to help you. He's equipped to destroy you. And that's why you got to stop hanging out with him and his philosophies so you'll know exactly who he is. You would know exactly what he's like. And you know how crazy and foolish he is in your life. And then he goes down. He said, he's disarmed. I got to move. Then it says, next point, Jesus calls you to lay down all false forms of spiritual value. Oh, y'all got to stay with me right here. Jesus calls you to lay down all forms of false spiritual value. Look at what the text says. He says, therefore, don't let anyone judge you in regard to food and drink or in the matter of a festival or new moon or Sabbath. This is, this is interesting. Colossians 2.9 says, be careful that no one takes you captive through philosophy or empty deceit based on human tradition, based on the elements, principles of the world rather than Christ. So when we look right here and it's talking about these things, this idea of judged is interesting because when they're talking about this and laying this out for us, in helping us to recognize this in this passage, we have to know that one of the things that people try to do in, in here is basically it was believers in there that were still uh, walking in Jewish philosophy or, Jew, or, or under the Old Testament law, under the Tanakh. And so what ended up happening is, is instead of viewing it as Christ fully fulfilled those things, and I still keep Sabbath as a way to just point back to Jesus Christ, but I understand that Sabbath doesn't grow me spiritually, and if I don't keep Sabbath, it doesn't add or subtract from my spiritual value or commitment to God. And he said, oh, food, he said, don't let nobody judge you about food or drink. Now, I'm not talking about health. So somebody's going to say, but the Bible ain't healthy. Like, just stay with me, okay? When it says food or drink, right, it's saying, man, if that man want to eat some shrimp and some pork, let him eat it. Like, don't let him die from it. But he said, it's free in the realm uh, uh, to, to, to eat and drink, right? And, and what, he, what he begins challenging them with is they're believers, though, in the church that have added requirements to what it means to be spiritual. And he says, don't let anybody add to that. You know, it's kind of like today, somebody said, did your church move in the power? Like, what does that mean? Y'all not moving in the prophetic, and y'all, I don't see, I say, well, do y'all move in the Bible? Like, do you move in the reading the scripture? Do you move in the teaching and explanation of information? Or do you spend the whole time in the pathetic, uh, I mean prophetic, do you spend most of your time in that? Because what people will try to do, and we're not against gifts, but what people try to do is they try to one-up you with what they inflate themselves with. Now, you can move in all the power you want to with people falling out and they throwing, throwing stuff, put them over, throwing stuff over. And somebody, 10 people standing behind you and they grease you with Crisco and you fall back and all of that kind of stuff. And, and, and then you go out and you're doing the same thing. Because what people like to do is microwave discipleship. See, what people will try to do, and this is what this is talking about, is try to make discipleship a few issues. 
or make it something that can be done very quickly, and then once you fall on the ground, whatever, then you're, you, 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 now God's dealing with you, you get up, and now you're a super Christian. No, discipleship is a process. It's a process of God dealing with you. Matter of fact, it's easier to keep the Sabbath than to be a disciple. Because you can lay down to go to sleep on the Sabbath all day. But you got to get up one day and you have to take up your cross every day and follow him, which means you got to deal with some stuff in your life for real, for real. You can't, some stuff you can't pray away. Some stuff you can't speak in tongues away. Some stuff you can't prophesy away. Some stuff you can't run away. Some stuff in your life you got to walk with somebody and submit to some authority in your life and let God work on you in different areas of your life so that you can pick up your cross and walk with the living God the way he's called you to. So he, he says, don't let nobody tell you, do you keep the commandments, brothers and sisters, you know? Are you keeping Easter as a feast and all of that kind of ignorant foolishness that it was paganism and it never came from that? And I'm like, oh, my God, help me with the pseudo-philosophical foolishness that's in the realm of our community. I'm going to just give you this for free. Be careful of memes. Get in your Bible. Verse 17. Verse 17. He said, these things, he said, these are a shadow of what was to come, the substance is Christ. So basically, those things were supposed to point to Jesus ultimately. They were supposed to say, look, we're not really fully it, but he's coming. That's what the Sabbath was saying. The Amicapur said, you, you come to me every year, but there's one when you come to him, you would never have to come back to me again. Look, look, I'm the Passover, the, the, the Passover's like, yeah, you put the blood over the doorpost, and this blood washes away, but there's a blood that's coming that's going to wash away your sins. <laughs> I pointed to that. But let me give you an example. It's, it's, it's like this. If that's a shadow, then that's like you looking at my shadow and say, preach, pastor. It doesn't make sense. Because the shadow isn't real. It's just pointing and giving you a point of reference of the thing that's actually real. So that that's, that's, that's what all of the things in Tanakh was meant to do. It was meant to point us ultimately to the one who fully fulfills those things so that we can have the strength and empowerment and application to actually do what was applied for us. Why is this spiritual warfare? Because it's doctrines of demons. How do I know? Look at verse 18. He said, let no one condemn you by delighting in ascetic practices and worship of angels claiming access to the vi a visionary realm. Y'all like, what is he talking about? Y'all see in a second because we do this stuff today. Such people are inflated by empty notions of unspiritual mind. Now, how does these people call themselves spiritual, but they have an unspiritual mind? Basically, he's saying they're fleshly. You ever ask somebody say, you know, you start sharing the gospel, no, nah, no, nah, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. Yeah, what does that mean? Well, you know, and so they give you their their Frankenstein construction of spirituality. It's like this Frankenstein, a piece of an arm here and, you know, an ear from this, per this animal. And then, you know, and then they just put the thing down. He's <laughs> alive. He's alive. I mean, it's just a, a Frankenstein. You understand what I'm saying? And so what ends up happening is we as believers have to be careful that we think that unspiritual who call themselves spiritual are more spiritual than your true spiritual. I'll explain that in a second. Now, the text says, he says there's a lot of people. Now, these are people in the church that are involved in what we call ascetic practices, 
uh, which is self-abasement, basically, right? Uh, 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 Self-humiliation, right? Worship of angels, which is really demons because no angel would let you worship them, right? Now, we'll talk about how that happens in our families, right? Claiming access to the visionary realm. We're doing stuff, you know, we, 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 you know people talking about some, uh, uh, some lucid dreams and astral projection. You know, I, was, I left my body and I, I saw my family. And now, now, don't look at me like I'm crazy. Because y'all know many of us come from background, particularly if your family is from the South and you came up here or from the Caribbean. Don't get mad at me. I don't care if you get mad at me. I got to call it out. You got family from different parts of, uh, of the Eastern world, across the seas. You know that there's folk tales in our family. You know, spitting on the broom and, you know, salt on the chicken feet on the front porch. Talking about Uncle Jimmy visited me, the, the, the jack-o'-lantern in the forest. Y'all know, I'm t- Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. And what happens is all of that stuff, all of that stuff, many of us are raised and around folktale spirituality. And, and we didn't realize that we were blending voodoo and false teaching into our Christianity that made it like it coexist. And, and, and what happened is I remember growing up and there was spiritual activity in our house and my family made room for it because we, we, we the, the, they, 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 you know, they were saying, well, that's, oh, that's just Uncle, Uncle Joe just coming up to use the bathroom. I'd be like, what the, I'm six. I'm like, you can't tell me that we were just at the fifth. Why? You going to tell me he walked, and now you say go to bed? <laughs> like, what is wrong? What kind of, I'm like, what is wrong with my family, you know? And then they down there, and they talking about, yeah, Aunt Josephine, Josephine visited me last night. I'm like, visited? But guess what? In Deuteronomy 18, Deuteronomy 18, God warned the people of God. Let me explain something to y'all. Because I know what's in the room, and they were quiet in the first one. Deuteronomy 18, it's interesting. Because in Deuteronomy 18, the ninth verse to the 15th verse. It's interesting what he says. It says, when you enter the land the Lord your God has given you, do not imitate the detestable customs of those nations. No one among you is to sacrifice his son or his daughter in fire, practice divination, tell fortunes, interpret omens, practice sorcery, cast spells, consult mediums or spiritists, or inquire of the dead. Everyone who does these acts are, is detestable to the Lord, and the Lord your God is driving out the nations before you because these things are detestable. So what happens? Why does God tell us to leave foolishness alone? I'm going to tell you right now why the Lord says leave foolishness alone. Because one of the things that you don't realize is as a believer, you're giving legitimate access to the spirit realm. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me explain what that means. The reason why people who don't know Jesus, their prayers aren't answered, is because they can't go towards the throne of grace. Because they haven't found mercy through Christ's cross. That's why Hebrew says, when you are transported through the throne of grace, literally in the spirit, when you start praying, you're literally before God's throne. Spiritually, you have access. That's why he says, you must be born of the spirit. Why? Because being born of the spirit means you now have the cell tower of your soul 
I mean, the, the cell tower of the cross reconnects you uh, to the provider, Jesus Christ, ultimately to God. That's legitimate access. But sorcery and tarot cards and throwing bones out on the table, you understand what I'm saying? Throwing bones, y'all ain't going to talk back to me, it's okay. And, and you, you know, all, all the different things and, 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 you know, all the different things that people do in order to do all kinds of, all kinds of uh, crazy activity, what they are is illegitimately accessing the spirit realm. Now, what happens, God is telling them not to access the spirit realm illegitimately because you always get more than you bargain for. Without Jesus as, and the Holy Ghost as your ultimate spirit guide, into God's presence. Because remember, Jesus Christ passed up above every rule and authority and passed them by and sat at the right hand of God the Father. But you in the spirit realm alone is in trouble. I'll give you an example. This is dude that became a Christian. It was, the, I mean, I don't, uh, it was interesting. He was talking about, uh, he was interviewing online, and he, saw, he was deep in the, into uh, uh, New Age spirituality. And one of the things that he wanted to do was he wanted to get deep into lucid dreams and all of those different types of things. And he was into tarot cards and challenge, ch- channeling and, and, you know, reading rocks and all of that type of stuff. So one time he went into a lucid dream. He, he tried to put himself into a lucid dream and go to sleep, and, and now he was in the astral plane, quote, unquote. And he thought he had left his body. And he said he saw this being over there with an eye in the middle of his head. And he, he was like, oh, I can control him because they told me in this philosophy that I can control him. Well, what ended up happening is, is in, the, in whatever he was in, it started controlling him. And he couldn't do anything about it. And when he came up out of it, he was very, very afraid because he was taught in that ideology that you control things. But he realized that you don't control anything. The enemy will let you feel like you have control until he wants to get control of you. <laughs> That's why y'all need to leave them Ouija boys alone. Stop playing. Y'all better stop playing. Captain whatever his name is, Captain Joe, I don't know what it is. The Ouija, what should I do? And it move all over. Man, like, like when I was in college, cats had that in my room. I, I wasn't even no Christian. Like, I, I was like, I ain't no Christian. I don't know the Lord. I just know I don't mess around. Like, like I don't mess around. Like, y'all got to get that up out my and then I'm, you know, I don't even know what to do. I'm, I ain't know to say, um, shaka I ain't know what to do after that. You know, I ain't know what to do. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I wasn't no believer. I was like the, 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 you know, I ain't know what to do. Shaking my blanket all over the place. You know, I ain't know what to do. Cause I wasn't no believer, right? <laughs> but you know, some of us did some. You know, I wouldn't work well with with a scorpion because my. Pr- I'm like. It said the two shall become one flesh, not the not the Gemini and the. <laughs> but you know we still do that. We still use that because we use our personality type as a way to not grow spiritually. But I'm just like that because of the, the, because when the stars lined up when I was born, that you know that told me that you know that that's where I'm supposed to. Be. You know I'm like shut all that down, like shut it all down. And so why am I saying all of this? Because so many, so many of us are wrapped up in a lot of folklore that's not biblical. And God is calling you out of it in your family. You're a Basanta Maria, whatever you got. You know, all of that. You know, we need to come out of it. Why? Because of the last point. I'm done. 
Last point, Jesus is sufficient to nourish every area of your life. <laughs> I'm done. It says here. He said, when a person does these things, he doesn't hold onto the head from whom the whole body nourished and held together by its ligaments and tendons grows with growth from God. <laughs> you know, back in the day, we'd be like, don't step on the cracks on the sidewalk and all of that, you know. Don't split the, you split in the pole, you split in the pole, let me come back around, let me split, you know, all of that, you know. I'm like, so what happens? Like, as soon as there's some spirit looking, oh, they split the pole, shoot, shoot, you know. I, I, I mean, I just never understood that. But the Bible says, <laughs> whenever you live your life in fear like that, you're not holding to the head. When you live your life of some invisible order of things, when God on the cross has worked the order back into your life, you sever yourself from the functional covering of Christ. And so you have to now begin to, and we're going to pray in a second, but we, I want you to now and us to begin to see Christ as the only sufficient power source for our life. Period. And stop plugging into all of these chargers that are unauthorized. Let me see if I can make it plain. <clears throat> so, so, so I, I don't know if it was Five Below or Ross or something. I got, you know how they had, you know, all them did. They say, oh, it works for the iPhone, this and the, all that. So you're like, oh, okay, cool. So I got my joint, I plugged it into the car, and my phone said, this accessory is not authorized by the manufacturer. But you know how we do. I said, oh, it's all the charging. I ain't, man, I just exit out and just let it keep charging. And over time, from using that substandard outlet, it began to destroy my phone because it was never meant to transmit power to it. It didn't merely, tra it transmitted a bit of power, but it also transmitted destruction. And I ended up having to get another phone because of that. Many of us in our lives need to unplug from these illegitimate outlets in our life. <laughs> and we need to trust that Christ and what he did on the cross and getting up from the grave is enough for me to go before him in prayer. It is enough for me to understand the scriptures. It is enough for my bills to get paid if I go to him. It is enough that if I need healing, I can go to him. It is enough if a relationship is broken, I can use him to help it out. It is enough if I don't have clarity from him, I can get direction. No matter what you have going on in your life, Christ is enough. You better learn the easy way versus the hard way of not allowing Jesus to be your everything and your all in all. If you get backed up against the wall, don't go to the tarot card reading. Go over into Tanakh and get you some understanding from the Bible. Sometimes a bad outlet is a dumb friend. My prayer is that we would grow out of elementary principles of life and graduate to the, to the solid food of the kingdom. I'm done. Father, we thank you.
thank you for tuning in to today's message. I hope that it was a blessing to you and it was aiding in your life to help you to show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. If this message has been a blessing to you, we want you to consider partnering with us in ministry so that we can maximize what God has called us to do locally, nationally, and internationally. You can go to epiphanyfellowship.org, go under give and consider donating. Thank you. Take care. See you next week.